The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Something they were talking about on News Talk Breakfast this morning uh, was this survey from the UK about access to uh, pornography, children accessing pornography on smart devices, and links between that access and sexually harmful behaviour in those uh, children or as they grow older. They spoke to Helen Rumbelow, who's a feature writer with The Times. Take a little listen to what she had to say. I just open up my laptop and, you know, look at what's the most popular on the homepage of Pornhub. And there were 32 little videos that you could watch. And of them, about a third involved, you know, quite distressing violence towards women. We do talk a little bit about how these kind of violent practices are showing up in the kind of dating etiquette of 20-somethings. You know, it's these things like choking, slapping, this kind of thing um, that is very directly now the result of pornography. That was the majority of it, but there were a couple that were, you know, seriously grueling and I would say would, you know, in any other context, make you seriously think this was some kind of sexual assault. Siobhan O'Neill-White from mams.ie, the parenting website, is with me now. Siobhan, I mean, access to pornography, kids and, and younger teenagers accessing it, it's its a minefield that as parents we'd love to avoid. I don't think we can, though. That's the problem, isn't it? We can't it? avoid it. We can't avoid it. And we also can't avoid talking about it with our children. I have three teenagers and have to have those conversations with them. And yeah, it's a bit awkward and uncomfortable, but by, by having those conversations regularly and making sure that they understand that what they're, you know, what they're seeing on there, that that's not real. A really important thing to know that even if you have parental controls on your child's devices, they're well able to see stuff on other kids' devices. So the first time one of my children saw something distressing in that regard was in school and was on somebody else's phone. So even if you're doing your best to protect your children, you can't actually shield them from it. They are going to be exposed to it at some point or another. And it's really important, especially with boys, to explain to them that that's not normal. It's not normal to to pull a girl's hair or to be aggressive with a girl. This is not something that most women want or enjoy. That It's not an actual representation of consensual sex between two adults. It's really it can be really graphic and distressing and that is not and it's becoming normalized because it's so accessible so even if you're really restricting your own kids and we do restrict our kids taking their phones devices going through them checking them they can still find it on other kids phones and other kids are showing them things in school and college and places like that Mm. so they are going to be exposed to it so so it's a combination of restricting access but acknowledging that you can't restrict it completely and then equipping them with kind of the knowledge to to interpret yeah. what they see is that is that it really you have to you have to say you know you know they're going to have seen some stuff you know they're going to come if they you know if they haven't seen it already they're going to see it or things are going to be sent around or the way they talk about like particularly the way girls talk about or boys talk about girls and the language that they use you know if you hear your son using a word that's in any way degrading you have to get onto that really quickly um, we talked about consent from a fairly young age with our son and, and once our girls were teenagers and explained what consent actually is. Consent is not saying yes. Sorry, consent is not saying no. You know, so if a girl says no, she also has to say yes. It has to be the two people involved have to want to do whatever it is they're going to do. So 
I think the porn, it's very confusing for them because you'll have, you know, girls are saying no and maybe they don't like certain things and they're getting mixed messages. So we really need to do a lot in terms of teaching the kids what consent actually is. That needs to be talked about more in school. They do talk a little bit about it in social services and secondary Mm. school, but they're not really, and I understand it's a difficult subject and maybe teachers, it's not on the curriculum and they don't have the authority to get too into it, but it's definitely a problem that's becoming more prevalent with our kids as they're coming into adulthood. And it's something that we do need to be aware about and talking about more. It should be part of different subjects in school, you know, mental health, physical health, all that kind of stuff. It's definitely something that we're not really um, addressing. And look at the amount of assaults and murders, and it's all men assaulting women. Not all men, but there's been a lot of women assaulted and killed in Ireland in the last 10, 20 years by partners or ex-partners. There's a lot of violence towards women, and it's something that I really worry about as a mother of three girls. You know, there's different rules for them than there is for the boy. Um, because we have to be more protective of them, unfortunately. All right, let me introduce Sarah Spruill as well, who's an occupational therapist and sex educator. Sarah, I mean, we we heard that clip from Helen Rumbelow of The Times speaking to Shailene Kira this morning. And I mean, for people who read her article, it's kind of terrifying the stuff that she lists off that she saw online. It's it's difficult, Karen. you know, and like I work in this area and I was reading that article um, and I started to panic and I have all the information and knowledge at my fingertips of how to have conversations with kids sort of from the age of seven and eight, you know, about what's online. So I suppose the first thing that came to my mind was we don't do any good parenting when we're panicking, you know, and Mm. the analogy that comes to mind is, you know, um, trying to teach our kid to swim when they've just fallen into the swimming pool (laughs) Uh, while we're on summer holidays you know I don't know about you but I wouldn't be doing a good job of that I would be sort of panicking and getting my kid out it's the same thing when it comes to phone use and sexually explicit content we want to develop the habits of having really open conversations about all sorts of things related to body and sexuality from you know from the ages of six seven and eight because what we're doing that, then that early, sort of, really? Yeah, yeah. Sadly, yes, because we're we're creating a foundation. Because I, I have a six of, and an eight year old, and I'm kind of hoping I can put this off for about a decade. Yeah, <laughs> in your dreams, for in your forever, dreams. if I, I guess, can. <laughs> I guess the thing is, we have to sort of think about. Well, look, who uh, who do we want really to do the hard work? Are we willing to do the hard work and learn and how to have these conversations with our kids, or are we sort of putting that off and essentially? allowing them to have an experience where they have had no conversations to prepare them for how they might feel, what they could say if they see something like naked people online doing all sorts of things Mm. with each other's body. And I mean, are there resources to help people? Because Jane's after getting in touch. I've no idea how to talk to my kids about this. I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know how far I should be going. My kids are nine and 11 and we've yet to have a proper conversation about it. Yeah, it's hard and it makes sense because, you know, most of us did not have role models of adults in our lives when we were growing up that would have conversations about anything related to sexuality, you know, let alone porn. It wasn't such a big deal. Well, I'd wager wager there's lots of couples who don't have these kind of frank conversations with each other out out of embarrassment, let alone have it with their seven-year-old. Look, that's exactly right because there's a lot of sort of shame and silence. It's hard for us to speak up about things 
that are related to intimacy and our the things that we find sort of interesting or sexy. So it makes sense that if we're trying to have a conversation with a young person or a child about um, information that's going to keep them safe and give them skills to um, negotiate consensual relationships and consensual interactions in the future, that we've got nowhere really to start. We've got nothing to fall back on. And I suppose that's where you can start educating yourself, you know, talking to a sex educator like myself or some other adult who understands mm. where you can start with a conversation like this. Siobhan, having had and tried to have this conversation with your own kids, I mean, what advice do you give people? I think try and be open um, and let your kids come to you with questions. If you're open and they feel that they can ask you a question, um, I mean, we we kind of joke about sex a little bit in this house. You know, we'd say, um, my daughter has this joke that if our bedroom, if she hears our bedroom door lock and she's leaving because she knows something bad's going down, something bad is happening. And we make a joke about it and we make it light and we talk about things like, you know, um, it's okay if mum and dad want to have some time on their own and, and things like that. So we do talk about that. And it's, it's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed about. It's a healthy part of life. And I would have much more open conversations with my husband now than I would have, say, 20 years ago, because I think we've evolved more. And we need to, you know, say what we like, what we don't like, and be open and honest about that kind of thing. My children will be all curdling with... They'll all be dying at the moment if they're listening to this but if we can have those conversations with our partner and we know ourselves what we like it's easier to have those conversations with your children they need to know they can come to you if like there's a lot of things where girls who are 11 12 13 are being asked to send nudes it's a huge thing and i know so many kids that have done it and they've sent nudes and the boy has promised i promise i won't show it to anybody and the next thing it's all over it's been snapchatted mm. to loads of different people and the trauma that brings on a young teenage girl is unbelievable. So I've had the conversations with my daughters of this is probably going to happen to you. Somebody's probably going to ask you for this and they have been asked first and they've said no. So would it have been better if we didn't have that conversation and pretended that it doesn't happen? Because I've seen the effect when it has happened and a girl has sent one and it's had devastating consequences in some situations. So we have to have those conversations um, and say, look, never do something that you're not comfortable with. And if somebody is asking you to send you something like that, be, you know, be, think about why and be very careful. And, it, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys will say, if you really liked me, you'd send it to me. Red flag, yeah. red flag straight away. Absolutely do not send it. But we need to educate our, our children. Our boys don't ask for it or, you know, in you know, boys can ask boys and girls can ask girls. If someone's asking you for that, why are they asking you? Do you trust them? Are you comfortable? You know, is it the right yeah. thing to do? So, and our children need to have, they need to be informed about what can happen if they do agree to send something to somebody that it might not stay within just that person's phone. It may be spread further than that. And yeah. how would they feel? So I've had those conversations and will continue to have those conversations as my other children become up and, and become a little bit older. Nice. Because if if they can come to us as parents, you know, they're going to go and get their information elsewhere, maybe online, yeah. and then we're going to run into more problems. And it's a topic we talk about on mams.ie regularly and on the Facebook, and parents do ask for advice. And the best yeah. thing is ask an expert, but be open with your children and let them know they can come to you. Even if it's, if it's awkward, if it's, 
if you feel awkward, if they yeah. feel awkward, the more you do it, the more the, you do the it, the easier better. those conversations. Yeah. Exactly. Siobhan O'Neill White from Mams.ie and Sarah Sproul, uh, the occupational therapist and sex educator. Thank you both very much for joining me. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.